When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This episode is supported by FX's Clipped, the scandalous story of the 2014 Clippers owner's racist remarks captured on tape and heard around the world. The series charts the tape's impact on a dysfunctional basketball organization striving to win against their reputation as the most cursed team in the league. Starring Lawrence Fishburne, Jackie Weaver, Cleopatra Coleman, and Ed O'Neill. FX's Clipped, streaming June 4th, only on Hulu. Hey man, how'd you like, like a $20,000 raise? We can help you do that at savewithconrad.com. Don't take my word for it. Check out our reviews at conradreviews.com. We've got an A plus with the better business bureau. We've won the number one best in business award many, many times. And we just got a great five-star review. That's uh, from Jimmy E. He says, my wife and I just closed on our refinance after working with Diane and Steven. What a great experience. We closed within a month and added about a thousand dollars of monthly cash flow. Thank you. They were great. And who would have thought a trip to first family mortgage and ad free shows booth at Starcast five in Nashville would have led to this LOL. Thank you. No, thank you, Jimmy, for believing in us. I know it's crazy. You're listening to a wrestling podcast and you're going to save a thousand dollars a month. Now think about that. Add that up over the course of a year. That's over $12,000 a year. You're going to save now. How much money pre-tax would you have to earn to net $12,000? That's about 20 grand, right? And think about that. You would have had to work for that money, pay taxes on it, and then just give it away. Come on, man. Keep more of your own money. If you can hear my voice and you're in a 30 year loan, you've got a second mortgage, you've got credit card debt, you've got a car payment. What are you doing? I can show you how to keep more of your own money, get a lower monthly payment and get out of debt faster. We're routinely helping our podcast listeners save up to a thousand bucks a month. Just like Jimmy, find out how much money you can save right now for free at savewithconrad.com. Oh, and how's this for starters? No house payments for two months. That's right. A little fall break from house payments. Sounds good to me. Find out how much money you can save at savewithconrad.com. You don't need perfect credit. You don't need money out of your pocket. And if we can't help you save some cash, we won't waste your time. One more time, savewithconrad.com. Hey, hey, it's Conrad Thompson here to tell you a little bit about adfreeshows.com. People often ask me, what exactly is adfreeshows all about? Well, I'm glad you asked. Not only do you get early ad-free access to all of my podcasts starting at just $9, but you also get many of your other favorite wrestling podcasts like Click This with Kevin Nash, Gentleman Villain with William Regal, Oh You Didn't Know with Brian James, and others for, yes, still just $9 a month. That's 14 podcasts in total every single week early with no ads. That's like 20 cents an episode. And yes, you can listen to them all directly through Apple Podcasts or through your regular podcast apps. How easy is that? Want some more cheese on that Whopper? AdFreeShows.com has literally tens of thousands of hours worth of bonus content, including fantastically popular series like Eric Fires Back, Idle Chase, and Strictly Business. And I don't know why this is a thing, but there's even more than 40 Ask Conrad episodes waiting for you at AdFreeShows.com. We've got monthly Zoom chats with all the podcast hosts, live watch-alongs with wrestling legends, and more. Come on now. See for yourself what thousands of other wrestling fans have already discovered. That's adfreeshows.com. It's the 
best value in wrestling today. Check it out right now, adfreeshows.com. You'll be glad you did. Broadcasting from the Blue Chew Studios. Try Blue Chew free when you use our promo code ARN at checkout. Just pay $5 shipping. Hello and welcome back to ARN. This is Paul Bromwell and today I'm joined by the Hall of Famer, the founder of the Four Horsemen, creator of the Spinebuster, the man who on multiple occasions warned all the fans that the Horsemen don't wear white hats, And this week, he was the birthday boy this past week. Ladies and gentlemen, he's the enforcer. He's double A. He's Arn Anderson. Arn, how goes it this week, my friend? I look pretty good for 41, don't I? Oh, look at you. You You haven't aged a day, my friend. You look the same since, I don't know, since I was watching you on TV back in the 80s and 90s, brother. 64. Wow. I mean, the government is supposed to send me a check, aren't they? I mean, if not now, they should be at least maybe next year or so. I mean, you're eligible. You're eligible. So. I hope I never have to even apply. There you go. That's, that's good. Well, you've worked your ass off and deserve everything come, that's come your way, brother. But, man, I hope you had a good time uh, celebrating, man. Well, you know, we, we have found in our family just a nice dinner, birthday cake, white cake with white icing okay or chocolate with chocolate icing one or the other usually either, works. either works for you so i'm easy i'm i'm thankful to be having another birthday above ground and uh, i don't need a lot of maintenance i got everything in life i pretty much want buddy that's great you have a great family and a uh, great wife i've gotten to meet her and obviously brock and uh Man, that's that's awesome. I'm glad you enjoyed your day. Uh, and Barrett, I, Barrett, my oldest I, son. I haven't met Barrett, but I'm looking forward to maybe one day, but I'm sure he's a, he's a great guy as well. Yes, he um, is. Very proud of both of them. There you go. But, uh, buddy, uh, two days before you, I was in. Uh, I, I was celebrating my birthday, so it's a big month, the month of September. Happy so, birthday. Yeah, buddy, all good. So uh, my son and I went to the Steelers game. Uh, we got to go to Pittsburgh and go see his first professional football game together. So a lot of fun. Did they win? Well, since we're taping early, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, we got this out of the way, so there you go. But, uh, Arn, listen, another big thing that I wanted to kick off before we jump into it this month, this episode marks the three-year anniversary for the Arn Show. Three years you've been doing this, buddy. Doesn't seem that long. Yeah. I bet the first part of it seemed long. I just don't remember it because we've replaced it with some fun stuff. How long you been with me now? I feel like, well, I, I was as a backup for a little bit, but this has been pretty consistent for at least the last six to eight months, I feel like. I've really enjoyed you. And just so you know, which 
we don't sit around blowing smoke up up each other's keisters because that's not what this is about. But every uh, signing I go to, or everywhere I am, and I'm around wrestling fans, and I always they always say, "Hey, I like the podcast," and I say. How was uh, chemistry between my man, Paul, and myself? And they said, we love it. That's awesome. So you should know you're doing a hell of a job. Couldn't do it without you, my man. Well, buddy, I love working with you. I've loved getting to know you. And you and I have been able to connect on a lot of different things. And, hey, by the way, I'm still going to try to work hard. And and I want to thank David Britt. He's a, a, a listener of the show. And he let us know about a potential vendor for those for those satin jackets, and I know you went out and visited them, didn't work out yet. We're going to keep trying to find vendors or someone that can kind of supply us with some of that Four Horsemen merch, and it's a perfect transition into that uh, because we want to get more Four horse, Horsemen merch out there for all our listeners, right? Yeah, man, they're asking that, and I actually called down there. Thank God I did. It's not that far, but I just called. To, okay. To make sure he was on board with everything, and it just turns out all he would have had for me to look at would have been uh, some uh, some books, you know, some catalogs, catalogs. Yeah. That's it, and that doesn't help me. I need to see wherever it is. We need to be able to see if a two X is a true two X, and if they're going to silk screen it, how many colors can they give me? It, it just those guys and i appreciate all your efforts it was just not going to be a good fit so so we're still looking and we want to get the best quality jacket we can and let these guys you know that have been asking me about them and you know a a few kids and a few ladies you know it's not just not just grown-ups grown-up males so we're doing our best if you can help us out let us know yeah, hit us up, uh, DM me on uh, Instagram or the show accounts or whatever. Our social guys will let us know. But we are looking for a vendor, and I know there's satin jackets. I put another call in with another guy that had helped me in the past. Maybe he can help. But uh, we want to make sure we get you the merch. By the way, go to Box of Gimmicks. If you go to the homepage, you will see right there in big banner, Four Horsemen Store, now open. Click here. You click at that banner, and uh, there's some cool T-shirts. There's one? Yep. There's there one go. of the one of the new ones. That's it, the symbol of excellence. I love that T-shirt. And yeah. it's in Raider colors, silver and black. Silver and black. You can get it in white and black. And so there's some options there. I'm rocking out my uh, my gray horseman shirt with the logo as well. Um, so man, take advantage of that. That is the logo that transcends wrestling. That lives on forever. Arn owns it. And uh, we're going to try to get as much merch out there. But buddy, listen. During the last couple of episodes, we discussed your return home. Your love for Southern wrestling last week. Uh, we talked about that, the inclusion of Sting into the Four Horsemen, an alliance that seems odd but made perfect sense considering what you had here. He was teaming with Flair against all of Gary Hart's men, and uh, Tully you know, was obviously not there anymore. But many of our hardcore Arn fans remember that the Thunderdome tag match at Halloween Havoc featured the return of Ole, as one of the Terminators, and of course, you would then follow suit in November as Flair's big surprise. So the Horsemen and Sting have formed this alliance for the common goal of taking out the Dragon Master, the Great Muda, Buzz Sawyer. But things are going to change, not once, but twice, and change drastically, my friend. Are you ready to jump into February 1990? Drastically, huh? Oh, it, it does, buddy. Some big stuff happens this month. Well, if it's drastically, then we better watch it. All right. We got eight clips this week, and some of these are very... Uh, people are going to remember these right away. Uh, right from The Clash 
all the way through to the pay-per-view. So we're going to jump into it. And this is the first time we see you in a month, in the month of February, is during a promo on WCW Saturday night. You, Sting, and Flair join the voice of wrestling. That's right, Hall of Famer JR. And you have some very pointed comments, as do your comrades, for the upcoming match. And as you've come to expect, here we go. We have the clip. This is February 3rd, 1990. It's WCW Saturday night. Our first clip of the week. Let's check it out. Let's go get a join us for NBA basketball tomorrow here on TBS for the NWA main event. Arn Anderson will take on beautiful Bobby Eaton for the television title. But I know your thoughts right now are directly pointed toward the cage match right here on TV this Tuesday night. Jim Ross, to come out here and make a lot of idle threats, tell Sawyer, Moon, and the Dragon Master what we're going to do is wasting your time and it's wasting my time. We're a family. Anybody in this audience or across this great land knows what happens when you mess with family. So Sawyer, Muda, the Dragon Master, National Television and Corpus is the platform. And if you want to dance, you've got to pay the fiddler. If you want to jump on the horseman, somebody's got to go to the hospital. Bottom line. Mad Dog Buzz Sawyer said that he was born and bred in a cage. Well, I got news for you, pal, and everybody else, too. I feel quite comfortable in a cage, especially with the company I got left and right. Jim Ross, I've said it a thousand times. If you want to exchange with the horsemen, then by God, be prepared to pay the price. Sawyer, Muda, Dragon Master, and Corpus Christi. Tuesday night, the cage goes up and the lights go out. You bleed, you sweat, and above all else, you pay the price for not knowing what it is. Because whether you like it or you don't like it, learn to love it. Because it's the best thing going today. Ladies and gentlemen, it happens this Tuesday night, 8.05 Eastern Time, right here on TV. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Afford Anything talks about how to avoid common pitfalls, how to refine your mental models, and how to think about how to think. Paula, while certainly you can mess up on a million dollars a year, it is far less likely than it is on $30,000 a year. Right. I would meet wonderful people that were struggling with a budget that was super tight. It was 100%. You need to make more money. Make smarter choices and build a better life. Afford Anything, wherever you listen. There we go, Arn. The big build, the Corpus Christi Clash of the Champions. We're excited. The following day, though, February 4th in Dallas, 2,500 fans at the convention center watch the Horsemen take on their rivals. It's a tag team match. It's you and Sting. You guys would defeat Buzz Sawyer and the Dragon Master. And then in the main event, Flair would take on Luger and would defeat him by pinfall. Arn, we haven't seen Ole make every house show. 
Uh, so he's not making the house shows here at this time. Is this simply because of his age, health, preference, or a combination or a number of these factors that you can recall? Probably all of them, and yeah. he's probably just wanting to be home. And, uh, you know, the fact is I, I was the new guy again, so it, it was fresh, and he could take some time off. He didn't have to be on there every night. Makes sense, and he's around for the important stuff, right? The storytelling on TVs, and uh, yes, yes, so that's what's going on with Ole here, uh, buddy. It's two days later. Here we are. It's the Clash of Champions, Texas Shootout, Corpus Christi, uh, sold out crowd. Three thousand fans came to the Memorial Coliseum to watch the Clash that night. You got Jr. and Jim Cornette; they're on the call, so that's a fantastic duo there. You think about that. And uh, the winds have changed for the Stinger, and that's uh, the horsemen have moved against the franchise. This is our second clip of the week, and we're going to take a look at what happened that night in Texas. It's when the horsemen finally boot Sting out of uh, the group. Here we go. I'm going to say one thing, Terry. When we have an opportunity to get together on national television, we always make a statement. And tonight... Once again, the horsemen are going to make a statement. And on behalf of the horsemen, the spokesman, Ole Anderson, has a few words. We want to make sure that everybody all around the country has an opportunity to hear what I'm about to say. And I want you in particular to pay attention to its thing because you're the reason we're here tonight. I want you to know you're not going to be a horseman anymore. It's over. No more horsemen for the state. Yeah, don't close your mouth a second. I'm going to explain something to you. I want everybody to listen real close, and you listen real close. When Rick called me and called Iron to come in here, it was for one reason. And the reason he called us in here was to get rid of you. But I'll tell you, now just be quiet. There's, there's three of us standing here and there's one of you. Just wait a second. One thing that nobody looked for and nobody could figure was when you jumped in and helped Rick against this guy. We held off. A little later in the Iron Man contest, we came in that ring and we were ready to stick your head in the sand again. And as we came through the ring, Rick gave us this, ah, pay attention, Rick gave us that sign and waved us off. You were spared for the second time. And then something that nobody would have ever dreamed could happen, happened. When you became one of us, a horseman, and you were a good horseman, no argument about it. You're a great wrestler, you're a tough, strong kid, but you did the one unforgivable thing that we can never forget. You know what that was? When you signed that match to meet Ric Flair for the world title on February 25th, you signed your death warrant. Now you listen now. I'm going to tell you what I said to Rick. We all agreed we should just stop you right now, but Rick says, no, no. Now, he helped me one time. We let him live one time, but on one condition. And the condition is this. You go to the promoter, you go to Mr. Jim Ross or whoever you got to talk to, and you tell him that you're going to cancel that contract 
with this man. Wait a minute, get over here, Panther. Now, you just listen. Too far. Now, you listen to me, and you listen real good. Anybody, even a blind man, can see there's three of us and there's only one of you. We're going to spare your life. You got about two hours to make up your mind what you're going to do. And I'm telling you right now, it's only because of his nice kindness that we're going to let you live right here. Two hours, you make up your mind, you go tell Ross, you tell everybody in the world on this national TV that you're going to give up that chance at the world title. You understand? Sting, I bought you a little time because of what you've done. Nah, you're too easy. The whole deal is this. you got two hours to make up your mind, and you're no longer a horseman, and if we ever see you again, you're not going to be quite so lucky as you are tonight. Wait a minute, wait a minute, Mr. Mickey. Hey, wait a minute. I want to go. Come on. Look at this. I'm trying to tell you, I want you the time. I do the smart thing. Smart thing. Get out of this business. Get rid of that contract. I cannot believe this. This is the greatest thing oh. I've ever seen in my life. Get out of it. Oh! This is pathetic. Ric Flair! Absolutely pathetic. He gave the guy a chance. Well, he gave the guy a chance. Yeah, you're a big chance. Fans, we're gonna, we'll be right back. This continues live. Don't go away. We'll be right back. Arn, you talk about some compelling storytelling. Oli, the whole, the whole angle, so good. For those people that couldn't figure out why Sting would would agree to this in the beginning, you know, it was they were right. They were right to have that something in the back in the back of my head just don't feel right about yeah. this. It was a smoke screen to protect the championship, like it That's had right. always been. We brought Sting in to, to be one of those pawns. He just, to use him in any fashion, at that point when he was, man, he was on a rocket. He was on his way it up. Was. It just, you know, the people were just in disbelief, you know, when it all fell fell into place on that particular night. And then you got it, and it was just, uh, man, when that was it, good. it plans to go well, it's, it's <laughs> awesome. It's, it was one of those stories when keep your friends close and your enemies closer almost. So you bring him in. But how good was Oli delivering that whole thing? Hey, there's three of us and one of you because you're sitting there like, well, Sting, are you going to fight? Well, no, you're outnumbered. And so that's why he's not going to do anything. And he kept reinforcing that as you're watching him break it all down. So good. And it was so credible. And he wasn't yes. screaming or spitting. Nope. Never, never skipped over a syllable. It was just point blank. Hey, here's the deal. Take it or leave it. Buddy, uh, and if the message didn't get through there, which it was excellent, it's very clear in our third clip of the week where you, Oli, and Flair conduct a backstage promo with Gordon Soley. And uh, so here we go. We're going rapid fire this week, but this is the storytelling that gets us through February, so you got to check it out. Here we go. Well, I am indeed. And uh, first of all, I, I, I really don't understand this action at all. Well, I explained everything very clearly, but evidently Mr. Sting still doesn't understand the time is almost up, Sting. You're not meeting the conditions. We let you slide once. We let you slide twice. But we sure as heck ain't going to let you slide a third time. 
I tell you what, Sting, you got just a few seconds. You better go tell that promoter that the 25th is off. If you don't, you're a dead Well, you know, there's no well, there's no two ways. It's bottom line. You're looking at the most elite wrestling group in the world. And Sting forget yesterday. You heard the ultimatum. If you don't, get that release. When we get back from this cage match, we're going to find you in this building or in the streets of Corpus Christi. You owe me. Now, the dues are paid. You owe us. You got one last chance. Sign your release. Because, pal, you're looking at Rick Flair and the horseman. And the bottom line is, whether you like it or you don't like it, learn to love it. We'll be right back. What's up, everyone? It's Reality Steve, your number one source for all things Bachelor Nation and reality TV. Every day, I'm giving you the the behind-the-scenes juice and your info on all your Bachelor Nation stories and also interviewing some of your favorite reality stars. My name has been synonymous with spoilers, but I'm so much more than that. Give me a listen. The Reality Steve Podcast, part of the Believe Network. Just search B-L-E-A-V on YouTube or wherever you listen. So there we go. So this cage match, Arn, would change. And Ole is now a part of the cage match. Uh, it was advertised to be Rick. I mean, uh, Sting, I'm sorry, a part of it. But now it's going to be you, Ole, would jump in and flare, taking on Dragon Master, Buzz, Sawyer, and the Great Muda. Ole, like I said, replaces Sting. During the match, WCW wanted to heat up the whole flare and Sting angle. Sting goes down the aisle, tries to jump on the cage, only to be thwarted. And on the second attempt, buddy, it's when he injures his knee, and that injury delays Sting's anointing. Regardless, though, this angle was so hot, and we want to show it to you, Arn. These are the last four minutes of the Clash of the Champions uh, 10 from Corpus Christi. But, man, this is such, again, such a historical time for WCW because, like I said, this was supposed to be Sting's anointing at Russell War. But it would be held back until Great American Bash 90 of that year when he comes back from that knee injury. And and I know you got to remember this time period. Not only were you happy to be back in WCW, but to return in such red-hot storylines. Uh, I know you said it last week. You were having the time of your life. Some stuff I can remember. Some stuff is foggy, obviously. Uh, but this is the, the business changed this night. It did. When we see this clip, you'll see what I'm talking about. And I mean, it changed in a major way because it had built to such a crescendo. Sting would, you know, he had stepped up, put on the cape. He was going to be WCW. He's the guy. And uh, I mean, it all built and it all changed on the, the flip of a coin. Here we go. Uh, let's check it out. Final four minutes. Sting hurts his knee. We're going to see it all here.
bottom elbow. Leonard reverses it. Then Madison for the ride. And the elbow. Oh, this crowd is up and on. He got this Susie. There's Sting. There's Sting. Sting is at the ring. Sting trying to climb the cage. Bob Dillinger trying to pull him back. Buddy, that's uh, <clears throat> that's something else. And and I, as we watched that through, you and I, I know we were intently watching it. I could see you as well, because the second time he runs to the ring, 
he he barely got to even start up the ring, and he had already injured himself. Start start to climb the cage. Did you notice that? Somewhere in that run, and yes. somebody if he just hadn't went back a second time, and this was all ad libbing. Yeah. You know, I mean, the wrestling world changed. The balance of power changed. Everything changed. You know, Elvis went down. You know, and if it it was just one of those fluke things of guys trying to hang on to him, you know, he probably had on cowboy boots or whatever he was wearing to climb that cage. You know what I mean? And it just, I don't think, I think the, the knee was hurt before he ever got to the cage the second time. And it's crazy because as you watch him the first time, you see all the guys yanking and tugging and, and jerking on him to try to bring him down. And you're like, well, no wonder he hurts himself. Look at everybody yanking and pulling all over him. But it wasn't even that the second time. He just barely got down to the ring and to the cage, and it had already happened. Yeah, he, would, he was already hurt. Yep. And that's how things happen in, in our business. It's always not the big, the biggest bump. I've seen guys fit work a 30-minute match, take superplexes, backdrops on the floor, you name it, and they drop down on the apron after the match is over, and they drop down to the floor and blow their ankle out or blow their knee out. It's just that freaky, and this was one of those freaky deals. And I remember sitting in the locker room when, when we figured out he's, I mean, he's injured. He's not yeah. hurt. He's injured. At this because it had built so good. The matches that would have followed that, God got him a partner or two and worked some six-mans with Sting and whoever it may be, the Steiners. Yeah. Oh, my God. And it just I just knew something bad had just happened and, and our momentum was going to take a nosedive for a minute. <sighs> And it's true because you could see how raucous the crowd was. We want Sting and going insane, too. That building was ready to explode. So his, right. Yeah, his his star had taken off, and it was screaming across the sky, and it just all of a sudden you're going, whoa, yeah, yeah, and it just blew up. Yep. Well, as noted by a friend of the show, Richard Land, over at thehistoryofww.com, this would be the great Muda's final appearance for the next 11 months. So as you indicated last week, Arn, after losing the title to you, Muda, Muda would uh, finish up the creative, and he's gone for about a year. But another thing that I wanted to point out to you that made this an even better story, Flair had no clue that Sting's actually hurt here. And as Sting tells us in one of his three WCW video biographies made during the 90s, he knew that Flair was going to be coming after him after this spot. So Sting here has a torn ligament, and Flair tackles him from behind at a dead sprint. I mention this because rather than playing the chicken shit heel, Flair attacks Sting, even with his friends surrounding him. For me, this really added that element of realism that you guys threaded throughout the entire show. What did you think of the way this one ended, Arn? Well, not knowing how bad he was hurt at the time, obviously, uh... I'm trying to put myself inside of Sting's head. When you get hurt, it's one thing. When you get injured and you know you're injured, everything inside your head has a different twist. Yeah. You know, all you're you're going into survival oh mode. Yeah. I, I just got to get get through that curtain. Shh. Rick not knowing it and coming down there, we're on the dead run and diving on him was probably the worst thing could have happened. That's but it, but he had no idea he was yeah. hurt. No clue. You know, uh, I'm hoping somebody was trying to get in Rick's ear and going, he's hurt, he's hurt, he's, he's hurt, hurt. hurt. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Uh, but I don't know for sure. And if you're Sting, you're got to be like, holy shit, dude. Uh, all this build, all this momentum. all And he knew as he's limping back on one foot, something seriously bad just happened. He knows Flair's probably coming after him. But you're right. He's uh, Just so much has got to be going through his head at well, that point. Yeah, as sick as we were to our stomach because we knew what he meant to the industry at that point. I mean, timing is everything, obviously, in this business. Imagine what was going through his head. Man, I get here, I'm sky high, we shoot the angle, it's going down. Everybody in the arena is calling his name, standing on their feet. And it just, it's like a shark just came up out of the deep blue and bit him on the ass. Yeah, yeah, good analogy. That's what happened here. So you guys would move on and, and start to figure things out. The next day, February 7th, the uh, the NWA conducted TV take, tapings in Beaumont, Texas, in front of 3,500 fans. The scheduled Luger-Flair match didn't take place. But at that taping, you wrestled a match for the February 17th NWA Worldwide, that, um, defeating Chris Allen on that one. And then later on during the same taping, you teamed with the Nature Boy and defeated the Rock and Roll Express for the February 18th main event show. So I'm sure at this time, there's people and bookers and things starting to say, hey, let's figure out what's next here at this moment. Obviously, Sting's out of action, so what's our what's our game plan going forward? Yeah, and, and there is no plan B. To be honest with you, at that point in time, there was no plan B. I mean, it's like you get there and go, oh, God. You know, yeah, yeah. It's like you're going down the, you know, some deserted road in the middle of nowhere, out in the desert, and all of a sudden your engine falls out. Yeah, and it's time to figure it out. Well, buddy, listen. Speaking of the Rock and Roll Express, they were known for being tag team specialists, throwing those double drop kicks and monkey flipping their way to championships. One of the best things, though, about watching a Rock and Roll match was the drama leading up to the hot tag. Now, guys, that's fine where you don't need any heat or drama, but where you do need it is in the bedroom. And if you know, you know, that maybe you've lost a step in your game and it isn't quite what it used to be, all you need to do is reach out and hit that hot tag from our favorite sponsor. That's right, our friends over at Blue Chew. Blue Chew is continuing, Arn, to give guys confidence all around the world. Isn't that right? Every week when we have this segment, something about you just lights up. I wish you could see your cheeks right now. They are fire red. You are having a Blue Chew episode as we speak, I think. <laughs> I haven't popped any lately, I promise, at least not before this recording. But I just get fired up for Blue Chew because I know what it's done for me, and I know what it can do for our audience, buddy. It's life-changing. It's one of those things that, you look at before you try it and you go, oh, come on. Then it works and you go, damn, something finally worked. Some people said this is a super, super drug. Yeah, damn skippy. It and is. they're right. You got that right. Guys, listen, everything is done online. Prescription service, no visits to the doc doctors. There's no awkward conversations. No waiting in line at the pharmacy. Ships right to your door. No, sw If you don't want to swallow pills, no big deal. They have tablets that are chewable. Go to bluechew.com. You can consult with a licensed medical provider. Make sure you're clear and everything's good to go. And you'll get your prescription within days. It's all done online. As I said, we all have reasons why we struggle with performance. It could be medical conditions or other issues. Blue Chew is there to help you out. And they can make sure that you're ready to perform at 
at your peak every single time. And we have a special offer for our listeners. You can try Blue Chew free when you use our promo code ARN. Those magical three letters, A-R-N, at checkout. Just pay $5 shipping. That's BlueChew.com promo code ARN to receive your first of many Blue Chew shipments. And the first one's for free. Go to BlueChew.com for many details and safety info. Arm, we move along the month of February. It's February 9th, 2,000 fans at the Hemisphere Arena in San Antonio, Texas. And they would watch you wrestle and defeat former NWA world champion Tommy Wildfire Rich. Rich, Rich would uh, substitute for the for great Muda here, who had just obviously quit the company, as I said earlier. We know that Rich won the world title while working in your backyard in Georgia Championship Wrestling. Any memories or recollections you can share with us about good old wildfire Tommy Rich? Yeah. Uh, the first time I went to uh, Georgia Championship Wrestling with Paul Ellering as manager, Matt Bourne as my partner, that would have been in 82, I would imagine, 82. Tommy and Buzz Sawyer were in the middle of a feud that was classic. That's right. And anybody that saw the cage matches that they had all around the country will tell you, uh, those two guys told an unbelievable story. Yeah, they're legendary. Yep. You know, that was one of those matches that I don't think get enough credit for just the brutal contest that it was. I mean, it really was. It was blood and guts and... You know, at that time, Tommy Rich was a red-hot baby face across the country. People loved him, country boy. Buzz Sawyer was a nasty, filthy, despicable, violent mad dog. Yeah. And, man, they took it around the country, and it was uh, it was something that, that gets remembered. People talk about it all the time, and, and it should get even more uh, accolades than what it does, I think. Yeah, when you think old school baby face and heel, I mean, it doesn't get much better than those two and the bloody battles that they had in that, those in that the cage matches. Wrestling I mean, 101. Boom. Good good guy, bad guy. Yep. Well, Arn, uh, you guys would move north here. The NWA ran the Cincinnati Gardens, a place you became very familiar with during your WWF run. And you had a modest crowd of 3,300. They watched the matches that night. This time you're defending your TV title against Tom Zank, the Z-Man. Any favorite uh, memories uh, of uh, Tom Zink? He's a personal favorite of Tony Schiavone. Anything stand out about working with uh, with the Z-Man? He's a personal favorite of Tony Schiavone. Really? He just always thought he was a, a good-looking guy. Yeah. Tony likes somebody? Yeah. <laughs> or liked something? He did. He did when he wasn't such a, a miserable old man. Yeah, back in the day. Yeah, I mean, Zink was one of those guys that all the guys in the audience really hated because he was. He was tanned, had a great body, and a handsome guy, white teeth, dark hair. Yep, great head of hair. Good, yeah. Shoot. <laughs> um, all those things that guys like me and you hate, Paul. That's right. I mean, he was, really was. He looked like a movie star, and he was good talent. Yeah. You know? And, uh, yeah, I mean, he he had all the the... The mechanics, and he had all the, you know, cosmetically, he, he looked like a movie star. Do you think it was just maybe the mic skills or whatever that maybe stood in his way from ever becoming big time? 
that always helps, man. If you can, if you can convey what it is you're trying to convey to the audience, if you can connect for some reason, uh, he didn't connect at the level that a guy with all the other attributes that he had should have. Yeah. Yeah. But he definitely had all those other skills that you talked about and, uh, could move around in the ring. And, uh, he had some good stuff going on with flying Brian too. I remember those two working together a lot back in the day and they were always exciting. Uh, so there you go. February 11th, a crowd of 4,000 fans at the Civic Coliseum in Knoxville attended the matches, planning to see Flair and you take on the great Muda and Buzz Sawyer uh, because that was the advertised match on TV. But instead, the matinee crowd watched a match between you and Ricky Morton, a match that you would win by pinfall. And Ricky would later wrestle with Robert taking on the Midnight Express. Man, such great times in wrestling. And then closing out the show, Flair defeated Luger by DQ. Luger had been working heel since the summer of 89. And so uh, at this point, though, he's working this match as a babyface. Double A, Bruce and Eric have often told us, if you can't deliver what's advertised, you must deliver something that's better than that match. I dare say the crowd got a far better card than what they were expecting that that day. Well, I know my match had to be better than another crack at Muda. You know, we had done it to death. Yes. Ricky Morton was still a four-star performer people still loved him you know he wasn't as quite as hot as he was in the peak of the crockett days but he was still a big star in the business woo wings a virtual restaurant concept from the man himself the nature boy rick flair enjoy the legendary flavors and world championship wings by ordering with your uber eats or postmates app woo wings is now open in nashville San Antonio, Jacksonville, Florida, as well as Huntsville and Tuscaloosa in Alabama, with many more locations coming soon. Try the only chicken wings worthy of carrying the name of the 16-time world heavyweight champion. Tell them, Nate. Wings! Legendary flavors! World championship wings! Woo! Woo wings! Yeah! Woo woo! You know what's something, Arn? Uh, not too long ago, they came out with the PWI Top 500 Wrestlers. You're familiar with uh, you mm-hmm. know, PWI ranking. Ricky Morton is still one of the Top 500 Wrestlers still to this day in 2022. Isn't that something? For what he is uh, on a weekly basis, and it floors me that him and Robert are still out there. Isn't that something? I the sacrifices remember. that he makes for the business, he should be because... Mm. You know, he can still take a kid out there, and with yeah. whatever limitations he may have, who cares? He's still Ricky Morton. He can teach a lot of kids selling, and that's what we do in this business. When it's all done right and properly, selling is the most important thing, and he's one of the best, if not the best, of all time. And kudos to his son, too. He's uh, in that top 500 list, so that's very cool, too. And uh, so there you go. The following day, NWA taped television in Rainsville, Alabama, on the Power Hour. You got the horseman, you, Ole, and Flair. You were accompanied by a woman to the ring. Ole gave Luger an ultimatum to pull out of the match or be beaten down by the horseman. And then later in the program, Luger came out to give his answer. And the show went off the air after Luger punched Flair, Ole, and you in the face, and then ran off. So a couple things to touch on here pertaining to this creative first. Adding woman who was as hot as any heel manager at the time afforded you guys even more heat than you carried around as the horseman. 
previously, you know, you had JJ playing the role of manager and head coach. But for you, Arn, what element did woman or Nancy, if you prefer, give to you guys that JJ could not? Um, totally different animals. Now, remember, we had been baby faces leading up to the sting thing. That's right. And then in one night on a dime, we all switched. Putting Nancy, I mean, she had that, she was a gorgeous lady, but she had that look to her like, keep your hand on your wallet when she's in the room. You just can't really trust her. And mm-hmm. that's that's the little element that she provided. JJ was just the immaculate talker, immaculate manager, immaculate strategist. Ass- yeah. Yes, all those things. Yeah. Basically, woman was just there to, if it came up, slap a guy in the face, piss him off, get him off his game plan, get him distracted where we could continue what we had rolling. But she was meant more as eye candy to get your get your mind off of your business. And be a distraction and be devious and, and all that. Big time, yeah. yes. Dif- yes. A different, different distraction than maybe a JJ with the old loafer. Sure. All the above. <laughs> so there you go. And then also what you had going on here, because Luger hadn't quite turned babyface to this time, but they needed him because he is now working with Flair. And, you know, he was the ultimate answer here because turning Luger following what happened with Sting, that seemed to be, hey, that's going to be our answer now, knowing that Sting's not available. Do you feel like that was the best option at this point was to turn Luger babyface and and use him for that February 25th match at Wrestle War against probably, Fire? probably. Yeah. Remember, it's a startup company. It's brand new. It's if you were not a Jim Crockett fan, if you were a new, you know, someone, a new fan tuning in to WCW, which was a startup company at that time, uh, you wanted to put your best foot forward, and I think Luger was the best foot at that time. Yeah, agreed. Well, at the same television taping, you and Ole would defeat Tommy Rich and Ranger Ross in the final match for the main event show that aired on the 25th. Three days later, it's Gainesville, Georgia at the Georgia Mountain Center, and the NWA taped even more TV. At this taping, you and Ole confronted the Steiner brothers. Here we go. Now, some might think that's about the dumbest thing you could do, but you and Ole got the better of this situation. I know our fans think that's bullshit, but Arn, because I wouldn't have believed it either. I have the clip showing exactly what happened. Let's take a look. It's the Andersons confronting the Steiners, February 17th, 1990. I'm here with the World Tag Team Champions, the outstanding combination of the Steiner brothers, who on... The 25th of February, we'll take on the Andersons for the world titles. I know you're real concerned about your buddy Sting. You know, Sting, was, he's been my buddy for a long time. And what the Andersons, they pulled, what they did to him in the ring was uncalled for. And when it comes to the 25th, we're going to get our revenge on you. Andersons, you ain't going to last. Well, wait just a minute. Here come the Andersons, as a matter of fact. Let's keep this a little bit civil, gentlemen. Please, let's keep it very professional, Ole. Please, very professional here. If there's anything I am, I would have to be considered a professional. I like your sign. I think it's real cute. But I tell you what, we've got a match signed on the 25th in Greensboro. And I think even a guy like you ought to understand that we're not anybody to fool with. Being at Michigan is one thing. Being a great amateur, that's all nice. 
And maybe you're even good enough to beat maybe 90% of the professional wrestlers. But you're looking at the other 10% right here, the Andersons. And so I'm going to give you the same chance that I've given a lot of other people, most recently Sting, and that is this. Get out of the match. Forget about it. Forget the 25th, and don't worry about coming to Greensboro. Hey, well, let me say one thing. You've never faced anybody like us before. You know, and, we, and in this match, when this long, match... drawn explanation. Listen to what I'm saying, kid. Shut the lip for a second. Don't show up in Greensboro. Save yourself a lot of time and trouble. Well, we're going to show up for It was terrible, Arn. It was terrible, man. That was awesome. I had a lot of fun watching that one. I'm going to watch that back about 15 times when we're done here today. I don't remember that, and that was nice. Now, let me tell you a little something about Rick Steiner at that point. Scotty had not become Big Papa Pump yet. He had just started, but a magnificent athlete. Oh, yeah. But at that time, Rick Steiner, now, I went into a gym in Baltimore, Maryland, Gold's Gym out by the airport one day. And you can look at the shoulders and the cannonballs, I mean, on Steiner and the traps. and deli- I mean, he's just a powerhouse. He had three, 365 on the bench. Now, I'm thinking, he's going to rep this out, but, you know, that's, that's pretty strong. He didn't lay down and bench press it. He sat down, slid his neck under it, unracked it and banged out about seven reps behind the neck press with 365. I just went left and went to the other side of the gym. <laughs> one of the damn aerobics. One of the, yeah, don, don, donkey kicks or something. I mean, that was one of those feats of strength. I saw him later, Not I don't know what the placement in time was. I saw him doing reps without wraps, just a weight belt, no knee wraps, none of that, with 700 and something pounds. He oh banged out five or six on squats. This guy's ridiculous. He was a powerhouse. And, uh, I mean, as strong as anybody in the business had ever been up to that point. And probably to this day, I mean, he was super strong. But on this particular point in time, I don't know if it was just we caught him off guard, but damn, those boys took ass whooping. You did. The the Andersons laid it down. Ole wasn't listening to any of Scott's shit. He was like, just shut your mouth. I don't want to hear some long-ass promo. Told him what's up. You took the belt to his head. You DDT'd Rick, and you said the Andersons are still here. I mean, that was cool. That was fun. I might not have known what was good for me, and I'm sure as this (laughs) unfolded, (laughs) I'm sure it was a huge mistake. Uh, But it's a fun way to start some business with the Steiners, and uh, we're gonna we're gonna have a little bit of fun watching this. But so later on during the show, though, Arn, you successfully defended the TV title against a young Shane Douglas. 
Mm. And later, later on in his career, Shane becomes a very polarizing figure in pro wrestling. But here in the early days of his career, what was it like working with someone as talented as Shane? He was good. He was a young, I dare say, white meat baby face. Yeah. A lot of baby face skills, handsome kid. I mean, Brad Armstrong-ish in his style, very smooth, very quick. Uh, yeah, he had a bright, bright future. He sure did, and uh, he was the dynamic dudes with, uh, you know, Johnny Ace, who we all know. Uh, they'd be a part of that tag team. But, uh, man, I, I used to be a big Shane, Shane Douglas fan from Pittsburgh. I liked what he did in ECW. Just wish he could, could have seen his, his career even take off more, but things happen the way they did. This episode of World Championship Wrestling would conclude, though, with Luger giving his answer to the horseman. So as we tie the story together, and he left all three of you guys laying with a right hand, and I mentioned that earlier, but the response from the horseman aired on the February 24th edition of Saturday Night, and we have both segments right here, Arn. So let's take a look at this as we're building to Wrestle War. Here we go. Ladies and gentlemen, we're just about out of time here on this program. We've got about a minute and a half left, and we still have not heard from Lex Luger. I know that he said he was going to make his decision known before we went off the air. And for the Anderson. Well, maybe he can't tell time, but I want to ask you right now. You got people in the back there. Let them find out. I want to know what kind of time is left in the show. How much time does Luger have? We have a minute and 20 seconds left in this program, Mr. Anderson. Well, Luger, it's it's real simple. With a minute and 20 seconds and counting, a minute and 17, 16, a minute 15. I know a guy like... Luger, look at it like this. You can always give up the match and become... Excuse me. He has seen the light. It's nice to be able to see a man of intelligence unlike Sting or unlike the Steiners, a man who can reach a decision, and I'm just happy to see that you've come out here, and I want you to know that when you turn to the camera like this, be sure and be clear and concise. I don't want anybody to miss it. Be sure yeah, be sure and tell everybody that you are not going to be in Greensboro on the 25th. What a, what a guy. We've got 30 seconds left. Only... I didn't need 60 minutes. I didn't need 60 seconds to give you my answer. Because I got it right here. Hey, 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 come on, guys. Oh, Luger nailed the horseman. The polo package has nailed the horseman. He has made his answer. You know, Rick, I've always said that you're the greatest world's heavyweight champion I've ever seen. But I know a lot of fans are really disappointed in your actions in recent weeks. The question is why? Well, Jim, what I am... Is the greatest world champion you've seen on six different occasions. And Lex Luger, last week, pal, you packed a suitcase and bought a ticket right out of this sport because Ole Anderson gave you a way out. He gave you an ultimatum. And you made the mistake, big man, of crossing that highway into no man's land tomorrow night. In Greensboro, if you make it out of this building tonight, <laughs> you, my friend, will have to walk that aisle. And, pal, when you're looking at Ric Flair, woman, and the horseman, it's not a pretty sight. You know, Lex Luger is wrestling here today, gentlemen. Jim Ross, I see it in Luger's eyes. I see it in Steiner's eyes. 
It's the same look I saw in Sting's eyes. Just when they thought the myth was over, all of a sudden, the four horsemen, with a snowball effect, rose to prominence. Now, they thought it was their fate that they would be world tag team champions forever. The bottom line is, ask anybody you know anything about wrestling, the four horsemen have a way of tipping fate. Tell them, Rock. You know, it's amazing. I thought that Luger certainly had the intelligence to understand. This is no promise, idle promise. We are certainly going to be looking for you on this program, Luger. We understand that you've got a match. Once again, we'll give you a fair warning. When you show up, we're going to show up. Fans, Lex Luger is coming up in the hour, and we'll be back. There we go, man. It's uh, it's happening uh, on the World Championship Wrestling episode that aired the day before Wrestle War '90. You and Oli tagged against the Italian Stallion and Ranger Ross, and in the closing moments of the show, taped on the fifteenth, that would uh, air on the twenty fourth, the Horsemen surrounded the ring when Luger wrestled Rick Fargo. The Steiner brothers made the save and prevented you, Oli and Flair, from jumping Luger and making it a three on one affair. But buddy, here we are. We're ready to go. Russell War, 1990. Arn, back in the day, whether in the ring or on the road, our favorite wrestlers needed dependable partners, and there was no more dependable tag team partner than our very own Arn Anderson. The man knew the inside of the ring and the roads to and from shows like no other. Even though Arn is no longer an active competitor, he still needs a tag team partner when he hits the open road. One that his back gives, has his back and gives him that peace of mind, and thanks to our newest partner, Car Shield. They've got the enforcers back and can have your back as well. Car Shield is the number one auto protection company in the U.S. and offers protection plans for around 100 bucks a month. And that plan will cover more than ever before, whether your car has 5,000 miles or 150,000 miles. Let me tell you how simple it is to get your car fixed. When you need a repair, you choose the mechanic and Car Shield's administrators handle the rest. That's it. You don't have to deal with paperwork or headaches. You're taken care of. Same goes if your car breaks down and you're stuck on the side of the road. That's freaking so annoying. Plans through CarShield will include that coast-to-coast -coast roadside assistance. So get coverage today, and you'll lock in pricing now, and it will never go up. CarShield helps protect my wallet from expensive repairs, and they'll do the same for you. So go to carshield.com slash podcast to start your plan and lock in your pricing forever. That's carshield.com slash podcast. A deductible may apply. So, Arn, five days later in Ozark, Arkansas, 3,400 people watched the matches for multiple episodes of NWA television. Luger would defeat Flair by DQ in a match that aired on the March 3rd edition of Worldwide. And then later in the day, you defeated your future boss, Johnny Ace, in seven minutes and 30 seconds when you blocked a sunset flip and used the ropes for added leverage. And in a match for the March 4th edition of the main event, you lost to Scotty uh, Steiner by DQ when Ole interfered in the match. Arn, Scotty's uh, reputation rightfully precedes him. At this time, he was less than three full years in the business, but was part of one of the most legit teams in all of wrestling and arguably had one of the most over moves at the time, the Frankensteiner. Again, this is before the transformation to Big Papa Pump. Did you know or at least believe that Scott Steiner was going to be a megastar? Oh, yeah. Incredible athlete, damnedest arms you've ever seen in your life. I mean, biceps. But just, you know, that all that amateur experience that him and his brother had, it, it comes into play when you become a pro. 
you know, you can apply everything, your conditioning, your flexibility, you know, your explosive power when you're shooting a takedown. He had all those things, you know, and a handsome guy, and the girls loved him. And, you know, him and his brother were really close. And uh, it's like uh, the one knew what the other one was doing, just, you know, kind of like Tully and I before they ever did it. And when you have that, that closeness and that bond, and it's almost like ESP, what the other one was going to do. But we knew Scott Steiner, just like Rick, we're going to be huge stars. All right, Arn, let's get into it. We're going to wrap up the month here as we get to Russell, Russell War. February 21st, the crew works Birmingham, Alabama. Only 800 showed for this live event, but you worked second from the top against Ricky Morton. You won by pinfall. Flair and Luger worked the main event, and the match ended with Luger as the apparent winner until the original referee awarded the match to Flair on a technicality. He's not back yet, but the dusty finish is alive and well in WCW. And then the next day at center stage in Atlanta, Flair resigned as the head booker, citing regular interference by Jim Hurd. The horseman did not wrestle on these tapings. Flair cut a promo telling Luger that he's going to injure him the same way he injured Sting because the episodes did not air until March. They did include the finishes of the Russell War 90 when they aired, and of course, you and Ole were heavily featured in those segments. And on February 23rd, you guys worked uh, the Asheville Civic Center in front of 2300 in the semi-made event, and you wrestled Ricky Morton successfully defending your television championship. Real quick, before we get to Russell War, though, Warren, I, I know as I was going through some of the notes of what happened, I did mention that Flair would step aside as the head booker uh, with the interference by Jim Hurd. Anything stick out to you that you remember from Flair making that decision and saying, hey, I'm done being head booker here, Jim. You do your thing. Remember any of that? Yeah, I mean, it was huge backstage drama. You know, it really was. It was, I just know that every single day that they were button heads and Jim Hurd was not qualified to be making decisions, you know, that with top, top talent, you know, he was, he just was given that position because he had a friend that was way high up, you know, and uh, Turner. Nothing, nothing in his past would have made him a good candidate for running that company. And it was more about, you know, who had the bigger Johnson, him or Rick, you know, yeah. basically they were just button heads yeah. just to be button heads and Hey, I'm the boss. Yeah. Okay. I'm Rick Flair. But it made for an uncomfortable scenario for the rest of us who were just the just the soldiers. And Flair finally got fed up with it and said, fine, books, you figure out what you want to do here, and we'll go from there. Yep. Yep. Well, Arn, we're finally here. We're at the home of the Four Horsemen, the Greensboro Coliseum. 9,894 fans, 7,500 of which were paid, watched Russell War 1990. And as we had already talked about, you and Ole wrestled the Steiners in the semi-main event. The match went 16 minutes and 8 seconds. You might remember this and you might not because you suffered a pinched nerve in this one, Arn. We have the closing four minutes of this match. Let's take a look at it. Here we go. The tag made. Both sides made the exchange. You know, these guys are stubborn like bulldogs, aren't they? Tenacious, to say the least. Tenacious, too, you know. I used to have a dog just like him. What kind of dog? Well, it wasn't a very good one. That's why I took him out behind the barn and shot him. <laughs> Elbow by Scott Steiner, and outside goes Arn Anderson. 
post. Did you hear that hit the post? Anderson rolls back in to break the count. Now right on the road on the uh, security railing. Boy, his left arm is just kind of hanging there. Coven right into that post. Back on top of that arm. Anderson breaks that count. Scott, he's hurting a great deal right there. Bringing that that arm back up there again into a hammerlock. Driving it back into there. Rammed him into the steel. Flesh against steel, and steel usually wins. I'll guarantee it's going to win this battle right here, but I'll tell you what, these kids are tough. Don't ever underestimate Scott Steiner and Rick Steiner. They're right back on top of that arm, though. Wide base. Anderson with the leverage, as Terry Funk mentioned. That is one of Ole Anderson's greatest assets, in addition to his ring savvy, is his ability to execute and to utilize the leverage maneuvers. And now he tags in Arn Anderson, the world television champion, going for the world tag team championship here. The arm behind in the hammerlock, slamming it right on there. Slamming him right back on that arm there. Dropping into that shoulder. Working basically on that elbow and on that shoulder. There you see a wrist lock right there. A form of an arm bar. Pushing down on that shoulder, driving that arm back up. Snap mare. I'll guarantee you he's going back for that arm again. Double A going up to the second row. Oh, that was an error. He may have should have gone back to the arm, but he went for a high-risk move that didn't take him to the pay window. Cannot follow it up with a pin. He caught that shoulder on the way over. Caught the shoulder on the way over. What? Look at his left arm just hanging there, and Arn Anderson makes the tag. And there is the tag made on the other side. Rick Steiner now legal with Arn with Ar- Ole Anderson. Excuse me. Steiner line. Steiner line. Arn, there you go. We mentioned it earlier, but how easily did Scott make that Frankensteiner on a 250-pound man look? It was incredible. Flawless. <sighs> Flawless. You know, something equally as big or than their victory and all that stuff was the fact that I did. I, I suffered an injury, and it was it had happened and started when I was with WWF, and uh I was working with the Rockers, and I got my head jammed in the mat. 
I was able to rehab back from that. And some those guys did not drop me, the Steiners, in any fashion badly during this thing. But it was just a high-impact match and just a bone chip moved. And I was crawling across the ring. I think it was after the Frankensteiner, and I just my arm just went limp. And I tagged out, and we somehow managed to get through the match and do all that stuff. But I got in the back. I couldn't raise my arm. Uh, thank God I had my wife with me. She was there for that show, and she drove me home. And, you know, the next day they started looking for a doctor, and I found a doctor, and it was a it was a pinched nerve, and I had a, a bone chip in there that had blocked a nerve canal. It was the first things coming from my neck that I was really had a bearing. I was out, I want to say, around three months rehabbing that back. So yeah. it was the first chink in the armor. Man, that's uh, that's something else. I was sitting here wondering, and just like you said about the sting injury, it's not the injuries that are like, oh, there, there it is. You can see exactly how it happened. Like you said, it was a Frankensteiner that you think where you were just kind of going back and it rattled something uh, yep. from another injury. Just freak. It's just, and yep. that's the way it usually is. It's just a freak scenario, and you go, "That was it." And I don't know at what point that bone chip moved and yeah. blocked that nerve canal off. I don't know. Sheesh. I just well, know that the first inkling I had was we were getting close to the end of the match, thank God. Yeah. Well, as usual, though, you guys might have lost the match, but that post-match attack still brought the heat. And, uh, you know, if Ole's able to go and wants to go, you guys have ready-made main event at any time you need it with the Steiners. I mean, you just had that chemistry with them. Yep. They were superstars in the making. Well, uh, let's talk about the main event of this card. Flair defeated Luger by countout at the 38-minute mark when you and Ole attacked the injured Sting, um, and Luger dropped Flair to make the save. After the match, you and Ole attacked Luger until the Steiners would return to the ring and run you guys off. In our last clip of the week, we have the closing moments of the World Championship match. Let's take a look. What is this? What's this, Jim Ross? It's a up on the rope. It's a leg superplex. Let's hear this impact. He's on top again. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. He's pending three times there. Three, three counts. That's nine. Wait a minute. There's Arn Anderson. And only Anderson. They know Flair is in big trouble. Sting, oh my God. That's, Sting is down here. Why did he come back? This is the biggest man in wrestling today. Flair in the ring. It's all of it. Flair is a big man. Big Flair is a big man here. Luger's got the rat. Only an R. No. Luger has, is going to win this one. The referee's coming back up to his feet. Oh, oh, look at this. Look at this.
You know what? I'm I'm thinking as I'm watching this, and you know, you kind of grab Sting from behind, and you know, Ole takes your shot or two. But man, that's got to be you got to be a little ginger, a little careful with Sting at that point because that's not a that's a that's a shoot injury that he's had there. So is that is, is that going? I'm I'm sure that's going through your mind as you're trying to have to work with him a little bit in that angle. Let's call it for what it is. That was foolish. Yeah, having him down there, it was just foolish. Accidents happen. Anything could have happened. That floor could have been slick. Sheesh. You know, from from condensation, from humidity, it could have been something got spilled, just a slick spot, anything. It could, Sting could have busted his ass and made that injury even worse and set him back even further. It was just a, it was the wrong call, having him down there at all. Yeah, I was going to say, having him even there in the first place, such an, I mean, a month not even a month after he had the injury, because this was earlier earlier in the month that he got injured. Goodness gracious! Well, uh, there there it is. And on and here's the here's you know as far as your your injury and everything that happened there. The day after Russell War, it's the 26th. Five thousand fans at the sold out Civic Center in Beckley, West Virginia, and it's TV tapings for all WCW programming. And you're not there. You're not there. And so the injury has uh, has definitely played a part. And I'm sure why you're not there now. For sure, and it was three months before I was able to come back. Well, listen out. Th- listen to this. So, um, according to the research here, uh, moving on, Waldorf, Maryland, Thomas Stone High School, February twenty seventh, uh, rounded out the month of February. NWA recorded TV, and then in Altoona, uh, in front of uh, forty two hundred fans. None of the Horsemen were at these tapings, but they did recap your f- feud with the Steiners, and that would air on March seventeenth. Uh, but that's it, and we're going to get into March a little bit, and uh, we're going to be creative with how we cover it because of your injury and the pinched nerve. So uh, as far as things go, this is your third month back from the WWF. You're all over the top line creative with the re- uh, reformation of the Horsemen. The angle uh, was enough, but then you and Ole would wrestle the Steiners for the tag titles. You would cost Lex Luger the world championship this month in February. All of this, Arn, sets the stage for next week as the Horsemen continue their feuds with Luger and the Steiner brothers. Uh, but man, what a what a impactful month February 1990 was uh, for WCW uh, and the, the entire era of wrestling uh, back in the in these uh, in these days here in WCW. Absolutely, two if, two two pivotal injuries right there. Just yeah. those two. God knows, you know how many other guys were. Injured and it just wasn't, you know, uh, top shelf news. You think about the two injuries yourself and Sting. You think about the storyline changes that happened, kicking Sting out of the Horseman, and then pivoting to Luger and making that transition for a while. You then, you and Ole also getting involved with the Steiners. So much meat on the bone for this episode. Arn, thank you so much uh, for another fantastic week of show, uh, you know, show this week. And we got to see a lot of fun clips, too, as well. Yep, thank you. Guys, check out boxagimmicks.com. That's where the Four Horsemen sh- uh, shop is. You can find that awesome shirt that Arn's wearing right now if you're watching the video. Also, the shirt that I'm wearing and so many other designs. Again, if you know of someone that can help us out and provide us a vendor, for those beautiful, sweet, sweet satin jackets, uh, we're looking for one. And uh, we want to make sure that we can get those out to you as well. So let us know. But we'll be back right here next week covering all things March 1990. On behalf of the founder of the Four Horsemen, the Hall of Famer, Arn Anderson, 
This is Paul Bromwell. We'll see you right back here next week on Arn. John brings his skewed sense of humor. Jeff brings tips to cut strokes off your next round. Together, it's those weekend golf guys. They'll pay a lot of money to PXG and Titleist and Callaway and on and on and on. Right? How many yards do you think you're going to pick up with that extra? I think I can get an extra 5 to 10. What if I give you 15 to 20? <laughs> you pay me more. Jeff Smith right? teaches on the sliding scale. <laughs> those weekend golf guys, the podcast, part of the Believe Network. Just search B-L-E-A-V on YouTube or wherever you listen.